So yesterday, Alex Hewitson and I, we went and we were photographers at a wedding. I don't know if some of you might know Don Petty. Don Petty married Iris. They both had lost their spouses and at that wedding, Richard Lawton, who was doing it, just totaled up the number of years that they had been married previously. And Don had been married for 58 years and Iris had made had been married for 43 years. So they had 101 years of marriage, and they still wanted to sign up for more. <laughs> and so that was really good. That's a testimony to marriage. And uh, uh, the only thing that God says in the Scriptures uh, in, the, in the beginning about uh, uh, when He creates the heavens and the earth, the only thing He said wasn't good, it wasn't good for man to be alone. And uh, Don really took that one to heart. 58 years, what a, what a testimony, what a story of God's grace. And so this morning, I'm going to be like a stuck record. I'm back to John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I can't get away from that. I can't get away from, uh, from the Scriptures, from the power of these Scriptures. So... If we look back at the beginning of the story, if you look back in, in, in John and you look back in the, in the Gospels and if they just bring life and they bring, and, and you see Jesus in his early ministry, what is he? He goes to somebody and he says to Neil, come and follow me. And then he sees Matthew, the tax collector, and he calls Matthew, the tax collector, and he calls all these people to follow him. And the excitement as they were wondering, as they were thinking, and they were thinking, is this the Messiah? Could this be the one? And so there's this great adventure, and, and, and then there's the, the miracles. The miracles that happened. The changing the water into wine. The healing of the sick. The demoniac being freed and being completely out of his mind and unclothed and and a few moments later, after he meets Jesus, what happens? He's in his right mind, and he's clothed, and he's dressed. And so they were seeing these miracles happening, and, and, they, were, and they were excited. And through the, throughout the time, they were trying to say, is this Jesus? Is, is this Jesus the Messiah? And they weren't certain. And one, at one point, Jesus asks them, who do you say I am? And... and uh, Peter has this amazing revelation. And he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We need that revelation. We need that revelation every single day. It's not just a once-off thing. We need to know that this is the Christ, the Son of the living God that dwells in us, that sends His Holy Spirit, which we're going to get to again. And so the, the, the chapters uh, from John chapter 13 to verse 17 are Jesus preparing them for life. They've walked with them. They've seen the miracles. They're excited. They think any day now he's going to restore the kingdom. He's going to restore David's kingdom it's going to be magnificent. The Romans are going to be kicked out and they're going to be ruling and reigning and they're going to be in charge. 
And then he comes with the story that he has to die and go to the cross. And so he comforts them. He, he realizes that they're troubled. And I know I've preached this a few months, a month or two back. In chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Let not. Why does he say that? Because there's going to be trouble. Jesus is the worst marketing person in the world. Because he, he, he says, okay, you're following me, that's really good. I think he doesn't tell them right up front the, uh, the outcome. He only tells them very far into it, you know, uh, Peter want to know what's, what's going to happen to him. And, and Peter says, uh, and Jesus says to Peter, you're going to die on a cross upside down. That's not... That's not the way to recruit people. When, when you do a recruitment for uh, a company, you offer them packages and you, and you sweeten it and you say there will be this car and the cell phone contract and, and, you, and you sweeten it and you give them uh, lots of stuff. But that wasn't Jesus. Jesus said, you're going to uh, hang upside down. Most of you are going to be martyred. And so in these scriptures, he's preparing them for life. He's preparing them for trouble. In this world, you will have much tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have said, John chapter 16, verse 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so he's preparing them. In John chapter 14, verse 27, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. I love the Amplified Version, just going there occasionally. And it just kind of expands the words and gives you like a kind of greater meaning of what it means. And so Jesus he says here, peace I leave with you. Isn't that exciting? What he's saying to you today, Sarepta, peace I leave you. Peace. My perfect peace. Not just any old peace. The peace of Jesus. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let them be afraid. There's quite a lot to be afraid of. There's quite a lot to be troubled by. But Jesus says, I give you my peace. In fact, he goes beyond giving, giving us his peace. He gives, him, gives us himself. He gives us he comes and dwells in us. He sends the Comforter. He sends the Holy Spirit. I love the, the Amplified Version says, Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength to face every challenge. That's the implication of what Jesus is say, saying to you and me today. That we would have peace and calm. We'd have perfect peace to face everything. There are storms in life. And if you have a look at Jesus modeled this life. He modeled what it was like to be in storms. I mean, one time he's on the boat. And there's a storm. And these, these fishermen, they used to sailing boats. They are out of their mind with worry. They think they're gonna, the boat is going to capsize and they are going to drown. Where's Jesus? He's snoozing. He's like got his head curled up and he's just, he's just on the boat. 
in the back of the boat, and he's not concerned at all. He's just at peace. Why? Because he knows the end. He, he, he knows his destiny. He knows, and his destiny is, at that stage, not a great one. His destiny is going is to be a cross. So, so. I mean, I, when I go, I, I don't like giving blood. Because before they, 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 they get that little thing and they, and they prick your thumb and it's sore. <laughs> That's the part I don't like. They can stick needles into me. That's fine. But somehow in the, in the thumb, it's sore. Yeah, yeah they're driving great big, big nails through Jesus. And that's his destiny, and yet he's kind of asleep and he's relaxed because he knows his father. You know, so in this, you're going to have to read this for yourself to say that I'm, to see that I'm not uh, misquoting and, and misreading the story. But Jesus tells them all these all this things about what the world's going to do to them. In John 16, verse 6, But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Sorrow has filled your hearts. Deep sorrow. And then the Amplified, it says, And taken complete possession of them. Sorrow has filled their hearts. And, and here he is. He's trying to, he's trying to guide them through What's going to happen through the storms? This is what he said was going to happen to them. In John chapter 16, verse 1 to 3, I've told you this so that you would not surrender to confusion or doubt, but you will be excommunicated from the synagogues, and a time is coming when you will, you will be put to death by misguided ones who presume to be doing God a great service by putting you to death. And they will do these things because they don't know anything about the Father or me. So they are operating in ignorance. They are operating uh, uh, from uh, false motives. They, they're wanting to protect them. Their, their little patch needs to be protected. And so he's warning them that you're going to be thrown out and excommunicated from the church, from the synagogue. And you must remember our lives here are slightly different to uh, when Jesus was around. Life revolved around the synagogue. Life revolved around uh, the, the church. Revolved around getting together for worship, to worship God. That's what, what life revolved. So to be excommunicated from that, to be pushed out of that would have been devastating. John 16, verse 31 to 33. Now you finally believe in me. And the time has come when you'll be scattered. And each one will go your own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me. And everything I have taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you. And will give you great confidence as you rest in me. We get, the only place we're going to get confidence is not in our bank balance, not in the, is in Jesus. 
our great confidence, what, as we rest in Him, as we, as we get His peace. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Isn't that amazing? That's the, that's the God that loves you and I. He says, today, be encouraged, be courageous, be bold. Why? Because He loves us. John chapter 14, I'm jumping around backwards and forwards in, this, in, in these scriptures. John chapter 14, verse 18 to 20. What words? I will, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and will, yet in a little while, the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Christ in us. Do you, I'm wrestling with this every day as, I, as I'm walking around. Am I, am I walking in this? Am I, am, I, am I fully aware of what the Scripture says? You and me and I and you, this wonderful mystery. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm sure there, there are a few orphans. If, I put up, if you put up your hands, there are some orphans here. And, the, and a worldwide problem, I'm not sure how many, how many millions of, of orphans there are in the world, but I'm sure there's more than 100 million. 100 million orphans who have been left, who have been deserted, whose parents have died, and they are alone. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being left alone? That you are the only one left in your family. You have no wider support group. Sometimes I look at my life and I think, I am so blessed. I am the only one left in my family. My, 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 my brothers have died. My mom and dad have died. I'm the only one left. I'm an orphan. Zelani is an orphan. Less trouble. <laughs> I'm not sure that was my point. <laughs> but you get the drift anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we, 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 are part of a, we are part of the body of Christ. We are part of a, of a new family. We are we, we ha- we part of this, this family, this wonderful family that meets here. Week in and week out, year in and year out. And we just think of uh, Ken and Faye and Jonathan and Jane, kind of the, the patriarchs and matriarchs of this, of this family. And so it's a sadness when we see Jane suffering and, and being in pain. And we, we just, again, I just pray, Lord, I pray for your touch on her life, your healing touch. And so... What Jesus says to the disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. He's going away. He's leaving them. But he says, don't worry. There's no precedent for this. There's nobody who's left the earth and gone to heaven and then come back a little while later. 
there's not much precedent. I, I think there's a precedent of people, uh, Enoch went to, went to be with the Lord, and there was somebody else who, who Elijah, just, just went up and to, to be with the Lord, but they didn't come back. But Jesus, Jesus did, and, and the disciples weren't, 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 didn't know that that was going to happen. And so he says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you bereaved. I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who will be a comforter, an encourager, a helper, a savior. He will come and be a friend. He'll walk with us and in us. You know, Jesus says right at the end of Matthew 18, the Great Commission, and, and we all call to go. We all to call to go from here. It's wonderful meeting here. It's lovely worshiping. But we call to go and be Jesus. We call to go and preach the gospel. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded to you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's the promise of Jesus. I am with you through it all. Through it all, I am with you. Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's one of the scriptures I hold on to the most because I know I have a propensity outside of him to leave him and go and do my own thing and get sidetracked by other things. But he has promised, he has promised, he has called me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. The Lord, so I can confidently say, you and I can confidently say today, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? There's much uncertainty. There is uncertainty but Jesus, but God. And that's why in John 14 he says, And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Why do we know him? It says there, it's, I love the scripture, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's what the Holy Spirit dwells with us and dwells in us. That changes my Monday morning. When I wake up in Monday morning, I wake up with that thought that He dwells with me and He's in me. Wow, wow. He doesn't just walk, us, walk with us, He walks in us. And the, when the Helper comes, the Comforter, the Advocate, the Intercessor, the Counselor, the Strengthener, the Standby comes, I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify and bear witness about me. So I can know Jesus. Isn't that exciting? You can know Jesus from the most intellectual person here to the person who, who, who can't even read and write. We can know Jesus. Why? Because Holy Spirit will show us. Holy Spirit is the one that leads us into truth. And he will guide us. And he will lead us. And so that's why Jesus says, it's good that I go. It's good. Because I can come and live in each of you. And I want you to know, today, again, and I'll probably preach next time, and I'll say that again, that God lives in you. 
And we have everything that we need to live a life of godliness. I mean, just in these, these scriptures, and, and if you read the prayer of Jesus right at the end in John 17, what he prays that we would have his joy. Not a, not a joy that the, that the world gives, but a, a joy which is his joy. And Jesus has a, a really special joy. Because it was because of the joy set before him that he endured the cross. And who is, who is the joy set before him? Well, it's, it's Marilyn. It's, it's Alex. It's Kaleka. It's Bali. That's, he is excited. It was because of that. It was because he saw you yeah, walking in him and walking with him and worshiping. That there was a joy in going through pain and suffering. And so we've looked, another thing that, that we get as we walk with him, we get peace. The peace, and we've, we've looked at that already. There's a unity which Jesus prays about. In uh, John chapter 17, verse 21. That they may all be one, just as you are. Father, just as you are, Father are in me and I in you that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So there's a oneness, there's a, that, they, that we would be one. We'll be one with each other. And that's a prayer that we will be one like the oneness that Jesus has with his Father. Isn't that a unique thing? That's the kind of unity that Jesus is talking about, that we would be one as the Father and the Son is and the Holy Spirit and this this, this amazing perichoresos dance that, 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 the, that the Trinity is involved in, and we invited into that. We invited into the unity of that. Then one of the other things he says in, in that, that they, that, 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 sorry, I mean, slow down, slow down, slow down. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Zuko's name means glory. What a great name. And yeah, I just love it. That the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. This is Jesus praying. You and I have been given what? We've been given, given glory. The same glory that the Father gave Jesus, He has given to you. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that blow a few fuses in our, in our brains? And you say, that can't be. You don't, you, you don't know how I act. And, and, and. But that's what the Scripture, let's not believe what, what we think. Let's, let's actually believe what the Scripture says about us. Let's, let's, let's hold fast to the truth that as we sang, we are, uh, we are orphans. We are, what is, the, what is the line from, we're no longer slaves to fear. We are children of God. We are children of God. Believe that. Believe that because as I walk out and believing that I'm a child of God, life's going to look different to me. I'm going to see it through different, different eyes. I have, my father is, is the creator of the heavens and the universe. Isn't that exciting? Get excited by that. And then, uh, how are we doing for time? Right at the end of John 17, he says, I made known to them your name talking to the disciples, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. 
It's just one, this wonderful adventure of Jesus making himself known to us, of Jesus making the Father known to us, that we're on forever and ever. And I think even when we get to be in heaven and the new heavens and the earth, we will still be learning, uh, be amazed at, at, at the stuff that we learn about, about our, our, our Father and, and, and Jesus and what they, what they do. And, and, they, and, and they just, it'll be just this wonderful adventure. And we started now. It's a great adventure. We started. We started each day as you, as you wake up and say, I want to know you, Lord. Show me yourself. With which you have loved them. And so I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. Hey, listen to that. Listen to that. The love which the Father has for the Son is in us. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? We have such great love. We have an agape kind of love, a love which can lay down its life. I don't have to try and manufacture it. I've got it. It's been given to me by my Father, by grace. And all He wants you and me to do is go and live that out and walk, it out, walk that out. I want to say this. this so, so this is the good news. This is great news. I'm starting to get quite excited. I want to, I want to do a little bit of shadow boxing because like I, more than a conqueror, Christ lives in me. And so today, this is a boxing match. There's a, there's a boxing match going on. And in the one corner... I have uh, the new creation, the child of God, the, 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 the yeah, yeah, power, conqueror, yeah, can, take, can, can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's in the one corner. I'm going I'm, 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 I'm a winner. I'm a winner. And in the other corner, in the corner, there is. Those led by the flesh. Puffed up, proud, thinking that they've got it all together. And the choice you and I have every day as we wake up, which corner are we going to operate from? Are we going to be led by the Spirit or led by the flesh? And if we lead by the, live by the flesh, what happens? Death. We get wiped out. We get taken out. And so we need to be full of the Spirit. We need to be, have the armor of Christ on. We need, to, we need to be controlled by the Spirit. Because what's going to happen when I'm controlled by the Spirit? I'm going to look like quite a nice guy. I'm actually going to be. I'm going to have the, these fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I don't know whether I joy. I don't know whether I missed that one up. But if I'm controlled by the flesh, these are the works of the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I've warned you before, that those who do such things, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Scripture is very fierce. 
There's not like, it's not like just, uh, no, you might not inherit the kingdom of God. It says, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So let us live by the flesh. That was, live, live by the spirit. That's what Mike Ivey was, was trying to say to, to us last, last week. That we who have started off in the spirit and living a life of faith, let's continue in that. Let's walk in that. Let's walk in who we are in Jesus. Because he lives in us. Are you excited about this? Are you excited to go out tomorrow morning? Oh, no, well, we have one person who's excited. Another one there. Two, three. We are we're like kind of a, it's a revival now. There's four, there's five. Can I see another hand, please? I should have been a, an auctioneer. Yes, I see that hand and I raise you too. Are we excited? This is, this is what God has called us. We, we are called to be his ambassadors. We are called to, uh, we are called to love. I think, I wasn't sure whether to do this, but I want to read a story. It's going to take three or four minutes. And it's a story because it's a challenge because we've been here and we've got to go out and love and be, and be love. And this is a, from Francis Chan in a, in a, in a book called Forgot, The Forgotten God, reversing our tragic neglect of the Holy Spirit. And this is the story. Esther Ann Kim's biography is, the most, is among the most powerful testimonies I've ever read. It was during World War II and the Japanese occupation of Korea that Esther's journey of faith really began. She refused to bow down at the shrine set up in every corner of her country and it was eventually imprisoned for six years from 1939 to 1948. Knowing that she was destined for prison for refusing to bow to idols, Esther spent her time training herself both physically and spiritually. Each day she would find and eat food that was decaying, knowing that that was what she would be served in prison. The discipline she demonstrated is humbling. How many of us would choose to eat rotten foods? While preparing for prison, she memorized more than 100 chapters of the Bible and many hymns because she knew she would not be allowed to keep her Bible. She spent countless hours seeking God through fasting and prayer. These these times when she read the scripture led to greater clarity and she was able to surrender her fear of being tortured. Reading her story left me wanting for more more intimacy with Christ, more love for people, more God in my life. And to be honest, more discipline. She was a well-disciplined believer, but there was nothing self-righteous about her. Her obedience to Christ only increased her, her ability to hear the voice of the Spirit and consequently filled her, filled her with overwhelming love for the people that she came into contact with. When she was eventually taken into prison, God used her in countless ways. One night, a young Chinese woman convicted of killing her husband was brought in. She moaned incessantly and beat on the doors until the guards tied her hands behind her back. It was this woman that God called Esther to love and reach out to. Esther held the woman's feet at night to warm them. Even though the woman was covered in her own excrement, 
Though food rations were small, Esther gave up her portion, portions for three days to this woman. Over time, this Chinese woman began to respond, carrying on conversation and eventually accepting the good news of the gospel. The woman was later executed for her crime, but she went to her death alive in Christ. This is one of the many people God used Esther to minister to, to, murderers and swindlers, who were utter outcasts, were changed before all who watched as the love of Christ through Esther healed their hearts and gave them hope. Even the jailers and government officials noticed how Esther shone in that dark place. She could have endured her suffering like a good Christian, and we would have applauded her. But she was not content merely to endure. She was ready every day and every moment, asking God, what do you want me to love you for? What do you want me to love for you today? What do you want me to love? Is that our thought as we go out? As we go out of this place, as we wake up tomorrow, I want us to ask that question. What do you want me to love for you today? Who do you want me to love? Who do you want me to love today? Let's give it away. Let's give it away. It's it's great news today. It's great news. We have so much love. We have the love of Christ in us. He wants us to give it away. To give it away. I don't know whether we've got a song, but let's pray. And if anybody wants healing and prayer, please come forward. Lord Jesus, you've challenged us today. You've challenged us in the Word. You've encouraged us in the Word. You've built us up in the Word. We thank you that you live in us. We thank you, Lord, that we have your joy, that we have your glory, that we have your love. And I pray, Lord, that today and tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday that we would let that love flow out from us because you pour it into us. That those rivers of living water, we've been, last week it was, there was water, water everywhere. Water, water all around. May those waters bring life to our communities. May we bring life as we walk in you, Jesus. As we bring hope to a world which is in a state. It needs Jesus. It needs the Estes. So let's stand. Let's stand and say, Lord, send me. We've had a vision in the scriptures. We've had a a model in Jesus. And today he's saying, send. He's saying, go. He's saying, go. Go into the world. Go into the world. 